What do cloaked scientists, nebulas, and coffee have in common? All this and more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast all about awesome and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 23. Welcome back to the show. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Lee, and this episode has been teased since the very first episode of my podcast, and I finally decided to do it. If you haven't guessed from the title or the teaser, we're traveling to the Delta Quadrant to discuss some awesome female characters in Star Trek Voyager. I know you can't hear it, but my heart is thumping hard as it cheers from my insides. Also, I do apologize, but there is a major rainstorm going on right now, so you may occasionally hear some rain in the background. I feel like it gives a little ambiance, though. Before we dive in, here's a bit of news you can use. News. If you're an avid Avengers fan, AMC Theaters is planning to host a 60-hour MCU movie marathon leading up to the release of Avengers Endgame. Unfortunately, there are only three theaters doing it. One in New York City, one in Chicago, and one in San Francisco. However, if you are that MCU fan and you live in one of those areas, you can enjoy all 22 movies starting on April 23rd, and you'll be be rewarded by getting to see Avengers Endgame one hour earlier than everyone else. There'll be additional details in the show notes. Have you seen Captain Marvel yet? For me... It was one of the funnest MCU movies since the early ones, and there was a moment in it we've all experienced, I feel. No spoilers, but it was just so much fun. I can't wait to see more of her in Avengers Endgame. Anywho, Brie Larson filmed Endgame before Captain Marvel. Some people were complaining about how different she looks in the brief glimpses that we get of her with the Endgame teasers. And the reason why she looks different has been revealed that it was filmed before Captain Marvel. I found that a lot more fascinating than probably most people will. But there's your super random geek story for today. And you'll find the the story in the show notes as well. Lastly, are you new to the show? Welcome to the Lasers and Lockets family. We're glad you're here. Whether you're new or a veteran of the show, if you're enjoying the show and you want to help us out, please take a moment to rate us five stars. It will really help us to gain more listeners and exposure. We'd greatly appreciate it. Best wishes and kind regards. All right, on with the show. As I mentioned in our pilot episode, Star Trek Voyager was one of the very first series to introduce me to science fiction television. I watched it live on television while it was still on its original run. I watched the series finale on my dad's big screen projector in the basement with a tasty assortment of food and various soda drinks. I had planned a finale party, and I believe I only invited one or two friends to it. I was still rather embarrassed back then about my nerdiness. But it was a deeply memorable experience for me, watching Janeway and her crew finally make it back to their families. There are so many fascinating characters on this series, and I've discussed Seven of Nine at length in a previous episode, so I'm going to pass over her here. 
but she's awesome and you should totally go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. It's episode four, I Human Almost. In this episode, we're going to focus on Kess, Catherine Janeway, and Bolana Torres. Let's go ahead and start with Kess. Kess was played by Jennifer Leon, or Leon, mainly, but there are also a couple of children actors who play her as a child. Kess is a race called the Okampa. Okampan are telepathic, and they live only an average lifespan of nine years. She joins the crew of Voyager in the pilot episode, along with her boyfriend, Neelix. She's very young, uh, although she does appear to be an adult in what human appearances are. The Okampa grew up underground because the surface of the planet had been made desolate due to a catastrophe. The caretakers, you'll learn a lot more about them throughout the series, caused the catastrophe and they felt deep remorse for what had happened. So they created an underground city for the Okampa and had been caring for them ever since. I think it was about 500 years? I can't remember. It was either 500 years or 500 generations of people. Kess is one of the few Okompans who were frustrated by their reliance on this caretaker and basically how they couldn't think or act for themselves. This is such an important part of Kess's personality and what makes her such a great character. Kess is curious and headstrong. She's unwilling to accept the status quo as truth. When Kess is captured and enslaved and tortured by the Kazon Ogla, a technologically deficient species who favor war and honor, much kind of like the Klingons, Neelix asks Janeway to go and rescue Kess. To prevent the Kazon from harming or destroying the Okampa, Janeway destroys the caretaker array, which was possibly the only way they could get back to the Alpha Quadrant. That's kind of an important part of the whole series. Kess doesn't like to be controlled, and there are several times when she proves to be extremely valuable to the crew because of her desire to remain autonomous and her desire to help the crew choose their own destiny. Kess is very childlike when she first joins the crew. I think she was only a few years old at the time. But as her natural abilities of telepathy begin to exhibit themselves, a maturity starts to develop. She integrates quite easily with the crew and makes herself quite useful with her hydroponics bay and her work with the doctor in sick bay. Kess has such intellectual curiosity that she learns all kinds of medical things quite quickly. She likely has a photographic memory. Janeway takes to Kess as much like a mother would to a daughter, and I think that's an important part of her developing that maturity. She gives cast this safety in order for her to develop and explore herself. One of my favorite things about Kess, other than her feisty autonomy, is her empathy towards other living things. From other species to just the smallest plant in her hydroponics bay, she sees value in everything and everyone. She was comforting to everybody she treated in sick bay, and she trusted. She was trusted easily by the crew and others she encountered out in the world, the universe. I believe her empathy was a natural product of her telepathy. I can only imagine that when you can hear other people's thoughts and feelings, you tend to have a lot more compassion toward their plights. 
Kes chooses to leave the Voyager after three years because she wants to explore her new self and abilities, and she doesn't want to harm the Voyager anymore. See, her new telekinetic abilities were naughty and were destabilizing the ship. When she leaves, she gifts Voyager a priceless gift by pushing them 9,500 light years closer to Earth. There is a lot more to Kess's story, including alternate reality versions of herself, but I'll leave those up to you to discover. Let's go ahead and transition to Captain Janeway now. I've discussed her a fair bit in a couple of prior episodes, including the pilot and episode 10. Instead, I want to focus a bit more on her history here and how she became Captain Janeway. Catherine Janeway, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, is played by Kate Mulgrew. Janeway's age is not really known, uh, but we know she was born on May 20th, and she was born in Indiana on Earth. I always imagined her to be in her mid-30s when she takes on the captain station of Voyager, but by the time she gets back to Earth, she's clearly in her late 40s, and her vice admiral self is likely in the 60s or 70s, I'd say. Janeway was raised by a Starfleet admiral father, a mother, and she has a sister, from what we know. Her mother and sister's names are never divulged in the series, as far as I can remember. If they were, please feel free to share in the, give us a tweet or in the Discord channel. We'd love to hear about that. I believe Janeway's work ethic started young, as she was raised around farmland in rural Indiana. With her father being an admiral, it was probably also a somewhat strict and structured home. She only ever mentions her sister being the artistic one in episode, um, I think it was the one called The Killing Game, or maybe it was Coda. I think it was Coda. We'll just have to go with that one. I'll have to look it up later on. Janeway has a special, or had, I should say, a special friendship with her father. He taught her to be skeptical of the world around her and to look at everything with a scientific scrutiny. She was truly devastated when her father died in a terrible accident. In the episode Coda, she describes how she experienced a deep depression when he died, and it was her sister who pulled her out of that depression. Janeway's family ties and her emphasis on family is something that I always deeply admired about her. In fact, it was one of her ancestors who inspired her to join Starfleet in the first place. She believed her ancestor to be an early female astronaut scientist. She was very upset when she discovered her ancestor's role in a major scientific discovery was much smaller than she originally thought her entire life. This actually prompts one of my favorite exchanges between Seven of Nine and Janeway. It's episode titled 1159, I believe, season five, episode 23. Seven of Nine so poignantly tells Janeway that she shouldn't be discouraged by learning the truth about her ancestor. She still inspired Janeway to become an explorer and join Starfleet, so her role was just as important. I think this is such an important thing to remember. Sometimes we learn things about ancestors that can be disappointing, but it doesn't diminish the value of the lessons that you've learned from them, even if they just become a cautionary tale. I love that Janeway worked her way up through the ranks of Starfleet as a science officer. I just love the idea of this female scientist inspiring younger Starfleet officers to explore and learn all about the universe. Janeway gave me courage to explore all kinds of intellectual curiosities as I was growing up, 
and I hope she has the same effect on generations to come. Perhaps one of Janeway's most important traits is her openness to knowledge and learning. Janeway is never one to ignore someone's chastisement or critique of her. She's always striving to grow and learn new things, even as a captain, and she still surrounds herself with knowledgeable people, so if she doesn't know something, she knows one of them will. If she does something wrong, she accepts the punishment for it, and she takes correction well. This is something I think most humans have trouble with, myself included, but Janeway is a good role model of somebody to look up to, to be more open to growth and development and accept constructive feedback graciously. It's the people who take the time to teach us and show us our foibles that are often the ones who care about us most. This leads me to our final character for the night, someone who doesn't take uh, constructive feedback very well. Bellana Torres. Bellana is played by Roxanne Dawson, who, interestingly enough, doesn't act anymore from what I could find. I believe she actually became a writer, a sci-fi or fantasy writer, actually. Okay. Bellana Torres is a half-Klingon, half-human hybrid. Her mother was Klingon and her father was human. She was born on Keswick Four, a Federation colony, and she and her mother were the only Klingons in the colony. Her father was there for a time, but he slowly distanced himself from them and left them when she was just five. Bolana believed that she, they were treated, her and her mother, um, differently because of their appearance and the less-than-friendly relations between the Klingon Empire and the Federation at that time. I think a lot of the insecurities that Bolana embodied as a child and youth play a big role in who she becomes as an adult. Headstrong, bullish, and unwilling to bend, her initial relationship with much of the crew of the Voyager is very strained. However, as she comes to accept herself and see value in her heritage, she becomes a pretty incredible friend, confidant, and crew member. When I was younger, I saw much of myself in Bolana because I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere either, and I was constantly trying to hide who I was. Bolana was known for punching her way out of problems, and she had a very thin skin. Everything offended her, and she'd rather injure you first than ask questions about your motives. She often assumed that other people had negative intentions towards her, even when they were trying to help. Chakotay saves Bolana's life after she's kicked out of the Starfleet, and <laughs> the Starfleet, sorry, just Starfleet, um, and the Maquis become the closest thing she has to a family. Chakotay teaches her many spiritual techniques to try to help her control her anger. He sees it's a problem as well. I can't remember which episode. Maybe it was the one titled The Cloud? Yeah, let's, let's go with that one. Anywho, in that episode, Chakotay tells her that she's the only person he's ever known who tried to kill her animal guide instead of letting it help her. It was a pretty funny moment, but it also spoke so much to who Bolana was at a person who Bolana was as a person at that time. Janeway serves a very important role in helping Bolana feel safe enough to explore her heritage and embrace who she is. Janeway is hard on her, but has compassion for her and patience while she comes into her own. Janeway respects her once she proves her capabilities, and I believe that allows Torres to grow 
Like many other female cast on the show, Janeway is kind of a mother figure or a sister figure. In the episode Faces, Bolana is captured by the Vidians, likely one of the scariest species I've ever seen in Star Trek, any of the series, I'd say. Um, you just have to watch some of those episodes to see them. But they experiment on her, and they split her human half from her Klingon half, and both halves of her have to work together to survive. Bolana realizes that she needs both her human and her Klingon side to be whole. Her Klingon strength is so crucial, but so is her human softness and compassion. The episode Barge of the Dead is probably one of the most pivotal episodes in Bolana's story. It's season six, episode three. It still gives me goosebumps when I watch it. Bolana essentially dies in a shuttle accident, and she finds herself headed towards um, the Klingon version of Hell, or the place for dishonored Klingons. She's forced to encounter herself and her mother, and how she's lived her life thus far. It changes her deeply. Just, just go watch that episode. If you watch none other, just watch that one. I could go on about Bolana for hours. So hopefully, though, that's intrigued you enough to explore the world of Voyager and get to know especially this character and the others we've discussed tonight. All right, that brings us to the, en- to the end of the episode and the recommendations for this episode. Of course, I wholeheartedly recommend watching Star Trek Voyager from start to finish. I've watched the entire series numerous times, and you should be able to find it streaming on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime in your country. And probably if you have a super nerdy friend, they probably have the whole collection on DVD or Blu-ray. The series holds up remarkably well, and the things that make Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek series so memorable and timeless stand true here as well, I believe. Sure, some of the hairstyles and makeups were questionable, but I feel they don't detract from this beloved series. It changed my life, and I'll be forever grateful for Janeway, Bolana, Seven of Nine, Kess, and the whole crew of the USS Voyager. Here's your question of the episode, gentle listeners. Which episode of Voyager still sticks with you to this day? I can't wait to see your responses. Tweet them to us at Lasers Lockets, send them on Facebook, or join our Discord. The link is in the show notes. And we'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, hop on the Delta Flyer and try not to get assimilated by the Borg. Get your nerd on and be awesome. Resistance is futile. All right. (laughs) 